Find your spot, put it in park. Here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 43 of the Free Parking Podcast. Ryan Deaver, alongside my co-host, Bush. Deaver, what's up, man? Glad to be back here for episode 43. Episode 43, I had a pretty eventful morning. For the first time ever, I went thrift shopping. Mm. I didn't know it was actually that cool. I thought it was, I don't know, just a thing that your grandma did on the weekends. Right. Some sick finds. Dude, I was telling you, man, the, the thrift stores, dude. They are so hit or miss, but when they hit, it's like every aisle you go down has a gem. I went through a couple different t-shirt aisles. I got a Super Bowl, 40, Super Bowl 43, I believe, when the Steelers beat the Arizona Cardinals here in Tampa Bay. So it's a Super Bowl 43 Tampa Bay that's meaningful to me. And then an LSU National Champion shirt. Lastly, I found maybe some Chiefs Kingdom merch to send Fundy's way. I had to pick it up for the guy. Uh, and Hammonds, Hammonds was there as well. Of course, out of all places, he finds a Steve Smith jersey, a retro Steve Smith jersey. Amazing. So it's a retro Steve Smith jersey. Hammonds, is he, is he producing today? Is he in the background producing today? He is. He's doing some work behind the, behind the scenes. So, uh, so a quick question for him then is, does he already have a Steve Smith jersey? He has several already. This is, <laughs> what number is this for the collection? Steve Smith. Four. <laughs> So if you couldn't hear in the background, he asked the entire collection or just Steve Smith? And the answer for just Steve Smith was four. So you can kind of do the proportions there and see how many jerseys he has in total. But this is the fourth Steve Smith jersey. That's crazy. I, dude, I, you won't catch me with multiple of the same person's jersey. Like, I just, does he really four. mean that much? Steve? Oh, God. His email, I'm pretty sure, is Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. He merged <laughs> the two's name. His, you know, like everybody has that AIM email or like, you know, an AOL email from when they were a kid. Soccer rocks 404. Yeah. You know, a turtle lover. His is Brandon Smith, 89, 89. Right, right. Yeah, you're not catching me with uh, Justin Wentz, number two, at gmail.com. You're not catching me there. He was little. He was little. Let's leave it to him. <laughs> hey, while we're talking T-shirts, though, quick one. I know we've been doing a ton of giveaways. Well, guess what? We have the shipping program down pat. They're going out right after we record this. Just stopping off at USPS. We're keeping those boys in business. U.S. Postal Service represent. And uh, we're sending out, I don't know, about 30, 20 to 30 t-shirts. Some to former guests. Some to giveaway winners. Some to marbles winners that we missed the past couple of weeks. So sick merch, just like the one I'm wearing right now. And they're going out in mere hours. So you guys will get them shortly after listening to this epi. That's fire. I'm so excited for these people to get their shirts, man. It's long time overdue. Everyone deserves a shirt at this point. Uh, and those especially who are posting on our behalf, repping our brand on a daily basis, they deserve it, man. And I can't wait to see them drop a pic in their story tagging at Free Parking. We'll be sure to share it for you. Mm -hmm. So let's get in busy, busy week in professional sports, which is so exhilarating after a long delay. We've had hockey out the wazoo, basketball from 12 in the afternoon to 12 at midnight. I've had it on pretty much all day, all night, and coming out on top are Philadelphia Flyers, just like we predicted. Plays around behind the net, ticking down to two seconds, one second, and they get it to the side of the net, it's over! It's over, the Philadelphia Flyers advance to the second round for the first time in eight years as they win a playoff <laughs> series. <laughs> exactly like we predicted, and unfortunately, the brackets that you had there in the, in the NHL there. My goodness. But anyway, the Flyers, brother, the Flyers are looking, you know, I, I'm not scared at all. I'm still fully confident in that team. They're young. They got what it needs to get it done. And the Canadians, bro, the Canadians are just that kind of team that makes another team look like they're not as good as they truly are because of their just gnats in your, in your ear, bro. That's true. It. I mean, they, they handedly defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins, former Stanley Cup champions, best, one of the best players in the world with Sidney Crosby, right? They formally hand, handed them. We knew it was going to be a tough series. It was a battle throughout. And I think we saw some highs and some lows, which are probably good to experience in a first round of a playoff matchup. Obviously, the, the uh, reverse shutout, right? We lost 5 nothing to the Canadians in, what, game two. Carter Hart then fits, responds with two shutouts back-to-back. -back. That's huge for a young goaltender, man. He's the youngest Flyers goaltender ever to have a shutout in a playoff series. And to respond with two after getting pulled in game two, monumental. You really can't, 
you really can't script it better for Carter Hart's mental moving forward in these series because they're just going to get tougher. And it's the playoffs, man. You're, you're not going to roll through teams, right? The Flyers were first seed. We had them as the favorites. They weren't going to beat him in four games. Rarely happens. So to defeat him in six, forget about game seven, and move on to the New York Islanders in round two, we're going to experience a, a similar team, a gritty team. They, they beat the Washington Capitals, again, another defending Stanley Cup champion. High-scoring offense, but the Islanders stifled them. They're heavy defense. They kind of bore teams to death. The Flyers need to find a way to break through that. And I think their physicality and the speed they have, the depth they have with their young guys. Again, I'm going to predict another series win. Don't ask me about hockey predictions, though, because my bracket is beyond busted. <laughs> so briefly, I want to touch on the mental for Carter Hart that you just brought up there, Deaver. For me, watching this series was tough mentally as a fan because I envisioned myself as Carter Hart when I'm, you know, when I'm watching the game. And I let four goals in, right? Now, in game Five, it was when the Flyers got beat. Carter Hart was pulled by Elaine, you know, AV. Vigneault. And he was pulled, right? And then the goal got called back and he got put back in. Now, explain to me here. It's not like it was an offsides, right? So that goal was a normal shot. Everything was completely normal and it still went in. Correct. So why put him back in? And also, He's a young goalie, just posted two shutouts. Just let him finish the game. Two reasons. So, one, I commend Elaine Mignol teaching, you know, coaching this very young team. When Carter Hart came over to the bench, I don't know if you saw the zoomed-in look at it, he asked, are you good? Are you good? With this mm-hmm. cheeky little smile because he knows his players. And if Carter replies, yeah, I'm good, he'll be fine. He was seeing the puck well, I believe, you know, other than the game two, the entire series, um, kind of a snafu play. So, one reason to send him back in is that AV trusts his players, has a great relationship with all of those guys. And for Carter Hart to, you know, tell him, reassure him a couple of times, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, send it back in. Secondly, the reason that they put him back in there, I think it was for the fourth goal, right? They were about to yeah. score four goals. That was the one that got called back. Correct. Another reason you pull a goalie, not because the goalie's on that night, is for a momentum shift. It's for a team to get a spark when they're down by a certain amount of goals. Once four goes in, you need to shake it up. As it got called back, the game changes. Obviously, they lost the game, but it's a little different of a game. They're not down by two. They're down by one still. They're not down by three. They're down by two still, whichever, whatever it was at the time. So they didn't need as much of a spark. If Carter was good, if the team didn't need a jolt as much, that might have been enough of a wake-up call. It wasn't, but that might have been enough of a wake-up call to keep things going. Right. That makes actually really good sense. Uh, you know, I, I just, for me in a young 22 year old goalie, I mean, dude, like we're, you and I are very young and we're still older than Carter Hart. Like, I know. It's still crazy to think about. And the mental game is huge when you're our age, because you don't quite have the experience and understand that you will make it through yet. However, Carter Hart for him to be pulled whenever a lot of goals are scored. I personally not a fan of it. I do understand that. Yes, you need a momentum shift. Yes. You need a spark to light the, like the fire to get your team going again. But I don't see the Canadians pulling Carey Price when the, when the Flyers went up five goals, like, or, you know, score five goals or score three or and, and unanswered. Like, I, you just don't see that. And if everyone's relating Carter Hart to Carey Price, why pull him? Let him get that experience. One, the experience, right? Carey Price has it. And two, look who you have on the other end. The Flyers have a really experienced veteran goaltender with tons of playoff time in Brian Elliott. They've rode both of them almost the entire season with Brian Elliott getting not equal time, but pretty much, you know, 1B premier, you know, backup goalie time. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to keep the game going with Brian Elliott in net. Carey Price, there, there is no other. There is right. no other. So right. when you pull him you're almost calling yourself out for the game. Right. My lasting thoughts on the flyer series here are at the very end of last night, I heard one of the announcers say something that really touched me and it was really cool. He said that in 10 years, there will be another young goalie in the league that when they shake hands with Carter Hart, like Carter Hart did with Carrie price. Wow. I can't believe I just got to shake Carter Hart's hand. Yep. Just like Carter said when he shook Carey Price's hand. And I, have, I think that is amazing. My hair standing up on my arms. I, kinda, I got goosebumps there. Yeah, I it, mean, that's, ex- that's exactly it. He, he's really solidifying himself as that hopefully prolific goaltender that brings, brings the Flyers some, some victories. 
Uh, my lasting thoughts on the series, real quick. I love the jabs. I love the banter. I love the playoffs, right? Everybody getting each other's face. So Suzuki, one of the rising stars on the Canadians, if you've watched the series at all, you heard his name several times. He even scored twice in game two. Suzuki, after a Canadian's goal, I believe in game five, pats Carter Hart on the helmet. Carter Hart was down in the butterfly. The goal goes in. As they celebrate, Suzuki pats Carter Hart on the helmet. Well, that stuck with the Flyers. That stuck with him. And sure enough, yesterday, when the Canadians were in their last chance to score a goal and tie the game with the empty net, game ends. And who gets patted on the head by one of the Flyers? Uh, Grant did it. Suzuki. Have a nice series, bud. No enjoy, better bulletin board enjoy material. Golf. Yeah. Enjoy golf. Perfect bulletin board material. Yeah, our young goaltender, time. our boy, like you pat him on the head, enjoy golf. Yeah. Have a great, have a great off season. <laughs> See you later. So Deves in other NHL news, uh, let's discuss some brackets. We touched on it a couple times. Yep. How are you looking? How's your uh, free parking office Jackie's bracket looking? Awful. The only thing that's keeping me alive is that Clark obviously picked the Clark from office jockeys also picked the Washington Capitals to go to the San- win the Stanley Cup. So I still have my Stanley Cup teams in play. The Avalanche, who are an absolute force in the Western Conference. Nate McKinnon's on an absolute tear. I don't know who's going to stop them. I had the Avs and the Flyers meeting in the Stanley Cup. So I have the Flyers still in play. The one that you and I butted heads on was Calgary and Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I had Calgary set as an early season favorite way back in October. You like the stars through this one. And mm-hmm. your team came out on top. Yeah, so the reason I like the Stars is because, one, I'd never watched one of their games in the season. And two was because in the round robin, I, I did get to watch a ton of hockey. And it was almost like a brief catch-up, like jam-packed study right before a test. And It's a spark notes. Saw, you got the spark notes. Yeah, I got, yeah, cliff notes, spark notes. Yeah, exactly. And I watched the Dallas Stars score prolific amounts of goals. And I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, this team – Sure enough, what was it, game seven the other night that they put up on Calgary? What was it, eight to two or eight to three yep. or something? Seven to yep. three, whatever it was. These, It was like, okay, that's not a hockey score. That is uh, – that's a low-scoring football game right there. Yep. Like, you know, so uh, yeah, I like the Stars. And matter of fact, I have that Dallas-Philadelphia rivalry in the Stanley Cup because, yes, the Avalanche are hot. Yes, the, the Vegas Golden Knights are hot. But yes, the Dallas Stars score a shit ton of goals, and that goes a long way. And they have a ton of experience, veteran leadership that's going into a Stanley Cup, which is so important to have have that crew. Pavelski came over from the San Jose Sharks. Hat trick, and then he almost had another hat trick, I believe. I think he had five goals total in the series. Pavelski was on his last leg. Captain America played for Team USA in multiple Olympics. Pavelski was on his last leg. Comes to the Dallas Stars with names like Jamie Benn, Corey Perry. They have some really talented old veterans. They have a goalie tandem. You're right. They could be the team that shakes the abs. And I would love to see whoever's playing the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. I'd love to see it. Yeah, definitely. One last thing about the Calgary Flames here is I saw on Twitter some of the NHL insiders tweeting out the Calgary Flames have had a system together for the past couple of years, and it may be time to shake it up. One name that comes to mind for everybody in South Jersey, where most of our you know, loyal listeners are coming from, Johnny Hockey. Johnny Gaudreau played some time in Gloucester Catholic, huge Philly supporter. His mom came out saying a couple of years ago that he would love to play for his hometown team, the Flyers, grew up a fan. He's been a staple on the Flames for years to come or for years so far. And if they're looking for a shakeup, there's been rumors for a long time that Johnny Hockey could be coming to Philly. Now, it's one of those rumors you hear all the time. But the Flyers now have a depth problem at defense, a great problem to have, but they have guys to move. Gossespear, they have some young forwards coming up, which could take place for Scott Lawton, right? Scott Lawton's having a great campaign here in the playoffs. I saw one trade. You send Scott Lawton, Shane Gossespear, and a pick over for Johnny Hockey. I mean, put I him on a line with too. put him on a line with Kevin Hayes. Both of them are Boston College boys, absolute mm-hmm. buddies. Probably play they, they play golf uh, in the summertime. The the core and the chemistry that our team has already would just go through the roof. And who to love more than a than a hometown hero? Hometown hero who more than likely because of his skill, because of how you know a, a bigger of a name he is could wear an A or a C on his jersey for his hometown team, dude. Correct. Correct. So, interesting. Keep, keep your eye out this summer, or I guess this fall. Hockey's – the season's kind of switched around here. But keep your eye out August, September, if the Calgary Flames decide to, to move some pieces. 
Let's move on to some basketball. Uh, not so happy stories if you're talking about Philadelphia sports. Sixers, they're down 0-3 right now. And I'm bringing out the broom. Finish it. Let's get it over with. Yeah. They're done. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid off. Just get it done. Drop the guillotine. Whatever you got to do to end that series. I'm going to be honest. We're a sports podcast, right? I'm going to be honest. I'm a Philly sports fan. The Sixers are my one team that I'm a, I'm a warm weather fan with the Sixers, right? But the problem with the Sixers for me is I couldn't even watch them in the finishing up of the season, the end of the regular season that they played here in the bubble. They weren't even appetizing to watch. It was just bad basketball throughout. And it kind of rolled over to the playoffs. I mean, if last night we had the choice of the Flyers or the Celtics and Sixers, I'm watching the Flyers all day. Absolutely. Um, I don't, Deves, I found zero interest in the NBA bubble. Now, it's a shame because the, they really did it right. They went to Disney, they locked down that bubble, and they did it the right way, which I heavily respect for a major sport like that to, with a lot of guys to, to move around. However, basketball to me for this bubble just seems illegitimate. It doesn't – it's not fun to watch. It looks like, you know, 80% of the time the guys don't care. I watched one game and I was like, this is boring as hell. Like, I, I normally like Sixers basketball and Lakers and those Rockets teams that are, like, yep. firing off. And I just didn't like it one bit, man. So I'll partly agree. I, I do understand that I'm not going to be watching the Jazz or right down the background. I have the Magic Bucks on. But there are a couple series in this bubble that I am jumping on and making sure I watch. And they're usually late night, late night primetime games. And you mentioned earlier the Lakers. I really mentioned in the Blazers-Lakers series. First off, it's one-to-one. Uh, the Blazers shocked them in game one, but the Blazers have been shocking throughout. They were in that four-team playoff, that two-team playoff to get into the, the next round or the first round of the playoffs. And Damian Lillard is just – he's been a guy forever. I think I've talked about it before on the podcast, but when sports betting became legalized in New Jersey, I won so much money off of the Blazers three years – like two years ago when I got mm-hmm. legalized because they were always dogs. And these teams are dogs. I mean, Lillard, McCollum, that big boy Nurchic, um, they, have, they have some ballers out there, and they can give the Lakers a run for their money. Now I think the Lakers are going to figure it out here in the late stretch. Who is on kind of the hot seat or the watch seat? Obviously he is because he's the biggest athlete in all professional sports, LeBron James, who hasn't really took the lead in this Lakers team defeating the Blazers the other night. Uh, Anthony Davis in their victory had about 30-something points. LeBron only had, I don't know, a dozen. So what I'm interested to see is our GOAT, my GOAT, LeBron, and how he can dominate a team like the Blazers, a pesky, tough team like the Blazers. Yeah, so the Lakers are going to win this series, Deaver. And the Blazers being their opponent is, is dangerous for the rest of the league because now the Lakers are getting a major wake-up call from a team that's snippy, like just like I said, Canadians fire is like a gnat in your ear. It's True. the last team you want. You don't want the Lakers to go easy, 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 then a tough championship series. True. Dude, you're waking the Lakers up in the first round. That's True. scary. You're waking LeBron up in the first round. He's got to buckle in. AD's already going off. Now LeBron buckles up, and he's like, let's do this. Now it's time to rock and roll. And now they're going to dominate, man. I really do believe the Lakers will win the championship. They will get through this series. It's not going to go game seven. Uh, and I think the Lakers probably wind up winning out from here on out. Another championship favorite that I've been watching, another highlight series in this NBA playoffs is the Clippers Mavericks. Now it's not for the star studded power of the Clippers, not the Kawhi Leonard's, not the love story of Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, not all that. I'm watching because I absolutely can't wait to watch Luka Doncic fail. I love it. I love it. I, I, I do. And I don't wish injury on anybody. He rolled his ankle the other night in, a, in another game, and, and he was a warrior to fight that out. But the amount, and I talk about it in a group chat all the time, the amount of plays ESPN and SportsCenter repost of Luka Doncic doing a routine layup, a routine crossover jump shot, I get it, man. He is an above-average player in this league. But the amount of plays that get reposted and kind of idolized, put on this pedestal from this guy – are boring they're tacky as somebody said on tnt the other day you see them at an la fitness three o'clock in the afternoon on a wednesday they don't look anything out of the ordinary and to you know get get all you know drool drool over these and cry eyed over these because he's luca you're the best no get over it he's great he's a good player but he's not He's not like some of these other guys. Anthony Davis the other day, a seven-footer, 270-pounder, whatever he is, back somebody down, crossover, fadeaway jump shot, 
deep two. Like, that's a sick play. Luca crossed over mm, nobody and did a layup where Kawhi was coming in from the weak side to throw a hand out. Like, he didn't pack Kawhi. He didn't posterize Kawhi. Luca did a crossover layup just like you would in your middle school basketball gym before your game started. Okay, you're done your rant. Over. You done your rant? Rant over. Rant okay. over. All right. So on behalf of the Luca supporters in our free parking group chat and those of you out there listening right now, I'm here to help you and I'm here to I'm here to tell you what's going on. <laughs> Deaver, the other day we had an offline conversation regarding that Luca does not transcend the game. Now, I completely disagree. As of last year, as of 2019, as of the NBA Finals and how intense that was, the top five players in the league, arguably Kawhi, LeBron, AD, Kevin Durant, and maybe Steph or something, one of those guys, all African-American players, all black players. To not say – to say that Luka does not transcend the game in 2020 as a minority in the league, as a European – white European player who is not as abundant in the league. Deaver, he's transcending the game. When was the last time that a, what is he, East European? An East European basketball player has dominated the NBA. Pau Gasol, Manu Ginobili. West um, European, West European. Jason Kidd. Uh, West European. Uh, oh, West European. How about Dirk Nowitzki? Dirk Nowitzki. What's it, German? West European. It was what it was. It was what it was. Eastern <laughs> Russia at one point. Um, Ricky Rubio, like there, he's South he's, America. No, he's Spanish. He's Spanish. Uh, I thought he was Argentina. Eastern anyway, European listen. Boban. I mean, I get it. I get it. But like, none of them are top five. And Luke is making a case right now to be top five based on his statistics, based on what the numbers that he is putting up are. Let's go into deeper statistics because great point. He scored 42 points the other night. He scored 42 points the other night. He shot from the three-point line 30% that night. He probably chucked up – I don't have this exact stat. He probably chucked up 18 threes. And some of them, maybe three or four of them, were bricks or air balls. I mean, hardcore. And I was clapping and and I patted – you know, I I hit Hammonds every single time. Watch, watch, watch. Because he airballed them. He scored 42 the other night because he's the only guy on the Mavericks that they can put the ball in the bucket, especially after Porzingis got kicked out of the game. He takes – all the shots he takes does does did James Harden not take all the shots on his team when he was with them yeah but when he makes them or when he does take the shots he's not making 30% from the from the three line or he's not being enshrined for it because he had a bad game 42 points awesome but you chucked up just like you were at middle school recess at the gym all three pointers and you made a third of them of course, if you make if you make five, you're already at fifteen. I don't have to do the math. No one, no one disagrees that his highlights that get posted are kind of bogus. I mean, no Thank one you. disagrees about that. Thank you. However, what I do disagree on is the fact that Luka Doncic is an elite player in the NBA. Just because they post routine highlights doesn't mean he doesn't have good highlights. And more than likely they've already posted the good highlights. So now they're just recycling old ones or they're using new basic layups. Deaver, this kid played last night on a flat tire on a, on a blown left ankle and he pushed through it and he still played and he still had a great night. Awesome. Dude, Jordan flu game. Did he not follow the Jordan flu game mentality? You always preach that you, you, you always preach that. And, and what did I say when that came up in the group chat? I said, good for him or or that's cool. Or I, I commend that. Awesome. But he is right. not the elite level of the LeBron James, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis. Luka Doncic is in that Kyrie Irving category, thousand percent, thousand percent. I mean, I haven't seen Kyrie in a year, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's not that. It's not tier one. It's like that tier two. And Luka is in two. tier two. Luka's tier two. But said, tier above two average is player. Still, above average player. Tier two has Russell Westbrook. Tier two has Kyrie uh, Irving. Dude, uh, dude. Uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I would put James in one and Russell in two. Or vice versa. Luka Both of works them great with one of those guys. Luka works great with one, with one of those guys. Luka cannot stand on his own. He will not be able to stand on his own in Dallas. He will not. Clearly not. He blew his left ankle last night. (laughs) Yeah, true. He's limping on his way out. (laughs) 
I, this I debate just, is not over. It's not over. Please track it because every time I see a clip where it's just a simple layup, I will blast him. I will blast social media because I just, I think there's more there. I want to see more. Prove me wrong. Give me more. But for now, ESPN and NBA on TNT are just a 12-year-old could have the handles of Luka Doncic at some point. <laughs> Dude, what, what is a, some of the – we'll put up a couple clips in this. They, they make me shake my head. Yeah, when you make that clip of this, though, don't forget to include the clips that they posted that are fire, that are sick clips that he's done. You can, you can cut that clip. You can do that one. Don't, 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 my, media, don't media manipulate our followers I, with this. I'm going to do my diss track. You can do your, your highlight reel. Unbelievable. All right. I, that can happen. We'd now like to bring on our MLB correspondent, our Smirnoff Ice King himself. Look at him with the pipes there. You may know him from his mm. Funny Friday videos. Funny himself. Funny, thanks for coming on the Free Parking Podcast. What is going on, everybody? They're juiced up. They're juiced up, and I'm juiced up. You know why I'm juiced up and why we brought you on here today is to talk about this Fernando Tatis Jr. situation out in San Diego. What happened last week to me was absolutely just blood boiling, and the unwritten rules of baseball – have to go. They have to go. It's becoming the no fun league. If you guys didn't see already, if you guys didn't see already, Fernando Tatis Jr., the, the Padres were up, I believe, seven to three at this point. He had the bases juiced. And on a 3-0 count, he sent one Yaya. He hit a grand slam with a 3-0 count to send the Padres up by a, a couple. The opposing team's manager did not like it from the Texas Rangers. No. The, his his own manager didn't like it from the Padres. And they said it was a bad play to hit a home run in the major leagues. That's, That's mind-blowing. It's truly the root of the game is to score runs, and hitting a home run is one of the easiest way possible to do, possible ways to do it. And he's being ousted. The next batter for the Padres got plunked. Tatis got, you know, trashed in the post-game press conferences from both teams. Yeah. Funny. What's up with your baseball and these unwritten rules? Unwritten rules of baseball are just an absolute joke. Some of them, mind you, some of them are good. Some of them are agree. A lot of absolutely them. brutal. Correct. Yeah, I would say more than I would say ninety percent of them are terrible. They're terrible. The couple of my takes here from the Tatis play is that the Padres weren't up by a ton at the time. They weren't up by it wasn't ten nothing at the time when he swung right. the three zero pitch. They were up by four or five. Right. A grand slam seals the game. You see teams blow seven-run leads all the time. The Phillies, the do, it every other, the Phillies Phil- do it every other night. <laughs> Phillies just did it. They're up 7 nothing in the first inning. They lost like 8-7 on extra innings. They just did that. Just did it. You got to score more runs. And he is one of the young stars of the game. I think one of the yep. biggest issues in the MLB in general is that I had to Google just to double-check who Fernando Tatis Jr. was. And yeah. this kid had rookie of the year votes last year. Like, he's a stud. He's stud. got a stud bunch of homers this year he's a great yeah. player and the Padres are actually a pretty sick team if you didn't see afterwards yeah. they went fun. Four, four games in a row they then hit a grand slam again after that yep they smoked great. The after that yeah listen the whole the whole Tatis thing is so it's so annoying as not even an ex-baseball player but as a baseball fan as an advocate of baseball as somebody yes. that you know that I absolutely love to watch the game grow, I, I'm, I advocate for the marketing of baseball. They're getting better. But you know how I feel about it. Yeah. Them, them being mad about Fernando Tatis hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 count. Mind you, yes, you knew a fastball was coming. The pitcher didn't throw it middle-middle. Tatis swung at a fastball in the outside corner. He had to go and reach for it, and he poked it to right center. He didn't dead pull it to left. He actually – what they say in baseball, the perfect place to hit it, we, you know when you're on is when you hit the ball to right center. He had a home run to right center. Come on. A dart. Come on. Like, I, people that have a problem with that, they need to reevaluate themselves because him swing on 3-0, come on. And you touched on the marketing of baseball and how we, even on this podcast, have you know, shot it down for the past couple of years of how they've done a right. good job of, mo- of marketing their stars and growing the game in the, in the youth, right? A lot of people are switching lacrosse as a spring sport. Yeah. I think that they should be advocating runs as much as possible. Yeah. And in a situation where, again, the game was so close, it didn't even matter that we're having this right. conversation. 
But to down a guy for hitting a grand slam, the managers of those teams, bro, you might not have a job when baseball becomes can't like do that, a second tier sport. You can't do can't that. Do that. People want to see the NBA go to over 100 points a game. They do. They yeah. do. There's a, there's a certain part of, part of basketball that you love an 80, 85 right. point shootout. Any sport. Sure. Football. But, Look at the Chiefs. Exactly. That's why it, people love the Chiefs now. They only exactly. score points. Exactly. You're not going to be watching a 10 to 3 Thursday night football game. You no. will be watching a 45 to 40 shootout or a, th- or a 28 to 25. Yeah, you know, whatever. Something Just to, whatever. Points. But points. Points. Excitement. Yeah. And this is you the gotta, thing, too. So. So back to the marketing, what you were talking about, right? So MLB in 2018 came out with this campaign called Let the Kids Play. Basically bashing all the unwritten rules in baseball, letting the kids go out there and have fun, right? Bryce Harper was a huge, huge player in this, right? Yep. There's a shortstop on the White Sox. He's a very up-and-coming player. His name's Tim Anderson. He had a home run against the Royals, absolute bomb, and he pimped it. He sat back, loved it, ran around the bases. The next batter got drilled, and it started a brawl. For no reason. It's horrible. Feed me that. Feed me that. And we saw horrible. Girl, you know, a couple of years ago with Batista in Toronto, yep. right? Yep. In the now playoff again, game. That's a playoff game, though. It's a playoff game. Give me that. Like, again, it was a little much, maybe, but that's what we need. It needs to be a we need show, it. dude. It's an entertainment. It's an entertainment yeah. factor. It, it, that's what baseball, again, it's a sport. Right. There's, there's purists and there's spots of it where you need to be a gentleman, but dude, it's yeah. entertainment. You don't got to go yeah. WWE on me, but like, give me a little something. When you're in the playoffs yeah. hitting a walk-off home run or you're hitting a grand slam where Anything. a guy throws a pitch that you want to hit, like, love that excitement, and they need it. It's the raw emotion. That's the, uh, it's the raw emotion I love. And in those situations, too, like the, the Bautista home run, going through his head in that moment, I mean, the, the Rangers just blew a huge inning. If you want to go back and watch it, I, it's a 35-minute clip on YouTube. It's the whole seventh inning of that game. It's unbelievable. The amount of emotion Tatis shows in that, or not Tatis, Batista is unmatched. Yeah. He is fired up beyond belief. It was amazing. And we need more of that in baseball, not even in sports in general, because, you know, they're letting football do the celebrations, whatever, NBA, they do whatever they want. Baseball never had any of that, and they need to get back to it. And the the, the shitty part about it is, is that these guys don't want to do it because it gets their teammates hurt. It, yeah. The, the next result, it's it's not like okay, football. We'll go out and try to score again, or we'll hit harder the next play, which you get hit anyway. They're throwing yeah. at batters. The guy after him had nothing to do with it. Yeah, nothing to do with it at all. And it's kind of just sad. It's just sad. Now let's talk a little bit about. And I had the same opinion. Some of those unwritten rules that work because unwritten rules should be gone forever. But there's some that work, right? Right. Some of those respect ones you don't do. So, unwritten. So even even just in general, the unwritten rules in baseball. I don't even know why this is a thing. I mean, is, if you think about it, right? Even just on the basis of this, is there any unwritten rules in any other sports? I really can't even think. Like I've really tried to think about this before. I was like, okay, baseball has all these. Does football have any? Does basketball I get, have any? I mean, I got football. One. You can't run it up, right? I got one. Hockey, you don't shoot at the goalie after the whistle. You don't put it towards the other team's net after the whistle. That's an unwritten okay. rule. You don't do it. Okay, that's a respect thing. So there'll, there'll be a fight after that, for sure. That's the game. Right. Um, that, that's a rule that works. Football. Football, maybe, like, in the NFL, you don't run it up. I mean, you see, like, you know, they pull starters, whatever. Yes. But, dude, think, think about this in basketball, right? Just look at last night. The Utah Jazz blew the – the Utah Jazz yesterday were up by 47 Points on the Nuggets in a playoff game. Look at that. They don't care. They're running it up. And that brings me back to one of my other points from the original issue. They're big boys. They're men. Yep. You're yeah, playing they're, the they're game. professional athletes. They get paid the millions game. of dollars. You're playing the game at the highest level. If somebody's feelings are hurt from this, it should make them want to play on. better the next game. We're not talking Little League in-town recreational right. where everybody has to bat through the lineup. You got 15 right. kids. You got one kid picking his nose on the bat on the, you know, batting <laughs> 11th. We're not talking about that. We're talking about right. the pros. We're talking about the big leagues. We're talking about the biggest stage in baseball worldwide, the major yep. leagues. The 1% and, of 1%. And they cannot hit a grand slam when they're already up by four or five runs. Right. What are we getting to? It's participation trophies. I'm sorry. In the big leagues. Ugh. Like, it's sad. It's, it's, they're it's, 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 it's bad. But what we were talking about before, so back to the unwritten rules, right? Some of the good ones. There's, 
So there's really only a few in my mind. I mean, there's a ton. If you really want to look up the unwritten rules, be my guest. Go waste your time doing that because they're so – they're uh, whatever. Some of the good ones, though, that I've come across, um, you know, if a pitcher – let's say a pitcher is, you know, he's pitching and then the team makes an error, pitcher on the mound, shouldn't be mad at his team. That's an unwritten rule. So if the pitcher shows displeasure on the mound, he's going to probably get taken out of the game or the manager's going to flip out on him because – you know, errors happen, physical mistakes happen in the game. It's just something that's part of the game. Um, the other one that happened, it was a few years ago. Uh, I believe it was in 2010, I want to say. The Yankees were playing the A's. A-Rod, I think he grounded out or, or whatever. He grounded out, but when he ran back to the dugout, he ran across the pitcher's mound, which is – Yes. I don't know why he did that. Yep. You know, you don't cross the pitcher's mound. There's yes. no point of running over it. Yes. So Dallas Braden was the pitcher, and he freaked yes. out on him. I think he threw it the next batter. I could be wrong, but it was horrible. I'm like, yep. I love A-Rod to death. I'm like, dude, you don't why do are that. you doing that? You don't, don't do that. that. And that's just, don't a, do just, that. A, just a common respect thing. I don't think hitting a home run can equate to running over the pitcher's mound. Right. Other ones that are, you know, unwritten rules that kind of make sense, slide in the second to take out a double play. You keep the cleat down. Yeah, that starts a fight. That makes there sense. Was, there was one – there's another big one. I mean, they obviously don't do it in the big leagues, but, like, college and then high school and stuff, you're always taught when a pitcher's warming up, don't stand on the dirt. It, that's always been an unwritten rule since yes. I was a little kid. Yep. I've always known yep. about that one. Um, what's another one? Another one with the pitchers is – oh, no, no, not the pitchers, the batters. If you're getting blown out in a game or if you're blowing out the other team – don't work the count. The, like, the pitchers are going to be throwing strikes. The batters are going to be swinging. If you're down by 10, like, get the game moving. Like, if yes. it's the seventh, eighth inning, get the game rolling. Yep. Everybody wants to go to the next game. Just keep going. And with, with that being a rule, Tatis was actually doing the Rangers a favor. If they were up Hell by yeah. a bunch, he was doing them a favor by not working the count and getting it bigger. He was swinging the bat. And honestly, you take a look at it, like, go granular, right? Toss score out of there. It's 3-0. Tatis yeah. gets a pitch he can hit. If he yeah. takes that strike on the corner, now all of a sudden the pitcher has a chance again. He goes ball in the dirt. Right. He swings. He, now he's 3-2. He sends high fastball. Tatis is done. He's toast. Pitch he can hit. It, it, runners on base. It's, runs are the result. And that is the name of the game. I don't know yeah. what we're talking about here. It shouldn't even be an issue. It literally shouldn't be a topic of conversation. Let the kids play. Let him play. He's 19 years old. He's a shortstop. He's an absolute star. Yeah. There's no reason to be putting this kid in the spotlight of where, ooh, he shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have swung 3-0. Dude, don't throw me a fastball in 3-0. Throw me a, throw me a get-me-over slider, and I'm not going to swing. The moment I see this rotation, I'm going to put that fucking ball 498 feet to right center. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. On the bases. Listen, the hitting, is the hardest, hitting is the hardest thing to do in sports. The fact that it is. he even connected on that 3-0, if he was like a millimeter, centimeter off that would have been a fly out yep but it's a round bat good for him and a, good for a round him. bat and a round ball from 60 feet six inches away coming at you 95 yep. miles an hour that's right insane that he even did that so let him do it the one thing i love too was the players a bunch of output and support or output and support on twitter yes. like trevor bauer was out there amir garrett on the reds there was just so many players that came out was like yo keep swinging 3-0 kid like do you grow this game we need to market yeah. it like just pr- like just keep going after it. Yeah, you really didn't see anybody attack Tatis. I mean, there was maybe a handful that did, but there was overwhelming support for him. Yes, other than like right after the game, the media press conferences with the managers from both teams. I'm mind blown about like that's what makes me the most mad about it is that his own manager was against it. It's crazy. Now maybe the manager was covering his, covering himself because I heard that I guess he yep. missed a sign. He missed a true sign. So there is one thing where if the third base coach is giving you a sign to truly take. You know, whatever that is. If he's saying take, mm-hmm. you should take. Your coach said take. But, okay, so ball. if you watch the video, right? So did you watch the John Boy breakdown on this? I did not see the John Boy breakdown. Okay. We talked about John Boy several times on this podcast. Tatis wasn't – I don't even think he made an attempt to look down on the third base coach. Why would he? He was a 3-0 count. He looked down, adjusted his gloves, got a little tar, stepped yeah. in the box, and hit it to right that. center field. I did hear that. It, the, the biggest – so I believe the head coach of the Padres, Jace, uh, Jace Stingler, used to work for 
the Rangers. So I really, I believe it might have been last year too. I think he might have been in the front office, or I think he was a field instructor, whatever. But he used to work for the Rangers. So people are saying he might have been covering his tracks, like with that organization, because you know now he's the manager of the Padres. Right. right but right. still, dude, like he's a young manager. He's a young guy. You're gonna do this to your star player, the best player on your team, a shortstop. Talk about confidence. Talk about confidence. Jesus issues. Christ. Hey, one more time. Going Surprise, back. Tatis won't, inc- won't, won't request a trade. Right. He should. Right. And going back again. Yeah, why, if your guy's not going to go up to battle with you, then, then why? Come on. Going back again, I'm pretty sure the manager of the Rangers, I had his name written down earlier. I, I, I Chris don't have Woodward. Name. Chris Woodward was the third base coach on a Dodgers team that also ran up a score very recently. I saw a clip of Woodward yeah. high-fiving Bellinger as he ran it around the yep. third base. Yep. And that, that was, was floating around on Twitter. Runs. Nice. Awesome. Dude. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Hot, what a hot meat kettle called black. I can't even, I honestly can't even talk. I can't even get my thoughts out about this subject because it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's like, why are we here? So the, to wrap it all up, the best kind of poetic justice of the entire thing was Tatis Jr.'s walk up yep. song the next day. What was it? Crimea River, JT, unbelievable. Beautiful. I can't, even, I can't even believe he did that. He takes it up a notch. Like, that is the entertainment factor we need. That is oh, the yeah. piece. Not only did yeah. he hit a, home run, hit a grand slam on 3-0 camp and start this whole thing, he ends the battle. He ends it ends with Crimea River by JT. Good for him. I'm happy, man. Yeah, good for him. You, you want to make yourself known? Him. You want to grow yourself? Huge That's the shit team. you do. Yeah, I love, I love that kid. All over the all over the Padres this year, and all over the Reds, man. I'm I'm just gonna drop this and now. The Cincinnati Reds, if they make it into the playoffs, are gonna be an issue. And I'm gonna tell you why really quick. Starting pitching in the playoffs is so hard to come by. Quality starting pitching in any and any regular regular season playoffs, whatever, is the hardest to come by. They have three, not one, two. They have three dominant legitimate top-of-the-line starters, they're going to be an issue in the playoffs if they make it, and their lineup is, is no joke either. So watch out for the Reds. I'm telling you. I'm telling you here. I haven't worried about the Reds since, like, Brandon Phillips. Since, like, those Brandon Phillips, yeah. Brandon Phillips, Joey Votto, when he was in his prime, telling you, man, they're not your grandfather's Reds. Although your grandfather's Reds are probably amazing because Pete Rose, whatever. <laughs> your grandfather's Red Reds machine. bet on games, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, Big Red Machine, Kane, WWF, whatever. Listen, oh, my God. It's making me mad. I can't even think about this anymore. Listen, we'll let you simmer down. Bundy, thank you for coming on the podcast. I knew you were the perfect person to bring on to discuss this issue of the unmarried rules. Our final verdict, we're out. We're out. Guys, I'm out. Bush, this is the last Saturday without college football. Or is it? Or is it? It's coming, and it's coming in quick. And the SEC leading the charge, as we all heavily anticipated. They're not going anywhere, man. They're the juggernaut of the college football uh, divisions and, and conferences. So what do you think, Dees? What, what, what are you thinking? I think football, it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I don't know who is happening. I was, I was talking to Hammonds before we started recording. I didn't get a chance to look it up, but the early Saturday, August games are usually the MAC conference, the smaller conferences that have declared to not play this year. They're the Wyoming versus Boise State. They're the Hawaii versus Nevada. They're the random games that I think some of these smaller schools have dropped, you know, obviously dropped out with, with the MAC, Ivy League, et cetera, and declaring not to play, especially you take out the two big ones, obviously the Big Ten and the Pac-12. So I don't know who's kicking things off on Saturday, but they're going to do it. And we're going to see how it goes. Like we've said in previous episodes, man, college football needs to happen for a lot of these players. And like a lot of the players and coaches are preaching is that playing football in a controlled environment at their college or university is a lot safer and more productive, more positive than them going back to their other environments and, riskier going back to their other environments and, and possibly, you know, catching, contracting, passing on the virus. They're in a fairly controlled space. I wouldn't call it a bubble. There will be flare-ups just like there are in states and towns and municipalities around the world. Mm-hmm. I think they'll get through it. I think they have enough players, enough resources to get through it. And I think we'll see a college football season this year. One of my thoughts, and, and 
give me your take on this, your Bucks, your Buckeyes, are we going to see some of those teams start to jump ship? I know we heard a couple of rumors over the past couple of weeks that Ohio State execs came out. I think they told Schefter, one of the big ESPN guys, that don't count out them not playing this season. There might be a super conference formed late. Things are working in the background right now where Pac-12 teams and Big Ten teams might jump ship for a year and be able to form a super conference, whether it's five, six, seven, eight, nine teams to compete for the national championship. Do you think we'll see some teams pull out and start their season, say, October 1? I think, honestly, Deaver, it sounds too good to be true. A super conference that works in the background, that has all the top teams that aren't playing in the conferences this year, all going to – it's too good to be true. It's, it's, it it's sounds utopian. too buttery. It's a utopian yeah. society. It's, it's a yeah. dream, really, to see, like, Ohio State, Oregon, USC, Michigan, Notre Dame, like, all in the same conference. That sounds amazing. But you're right. How many strings have to be pulled? How, now, many, how, many, how many papers have to be signed? Right. Now, here's my other thing. Ohio State, like you just brought up, 10 draft picks this year in this year's NFL draft that just went on. They had 10 guys and probably four or five others that got picked up in free agency. A team like that, a team like Ohio state can't afford literally can't afford to not play. They have an entire God knows how many people over 53. Cause there's more people on a roster than and pro that are going to go pro. And they need this season to play, to get better, to, to get coached by this, this Ohio State head coach who's an absolute animal in producing NFL, NFL talent. talent. So, and yeah, even, on one hand, yeah, I love that super conference. I want Ohio State to play. On the other hand, it's way too good to be true. Now, it may not be the super conference idea. They could join a different conference or play – as independent, they're, they're, it's open-ended, but the super conference is, like you said, that utopian, too-good-to-be-true kind of result. Yeah. And I would, and I would only, love to watch it play. I'd love to watch it play. Oh, God, I'd watch every game. Now, also, you're saying, you're, you know, for the players that are trying to declare for the draft, make a living off playing football, need more tape, need more time. Not only do they need to play because of that, but think of the towns. I remember seeing Coach O national championship winning coach from LSU go on uh, Fox news early on in, earlier on in this pandemic and talk about the impact on the economy that would take place if college football didn't play in, in, in LSU. Obviously they'll have to do some kind of capacity scaling with spectators, but these towns where these places are, I mean, happy Valley, right? Happy Valley for the Nittany lions, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Columbus, Ohio has other, you know, but some of these smaller towns that monster universities take over, they are the town, the tourism dollars, the FNB dollars, the entertainment value, the, the hotel nights, everything from September to January is because of that D1 football team. And without just, that, yeah. you, you have entire economies crushed. You, you want to talk about jobs? Yeah. You want to talk about, you know, the economy? Talk about the economy in these little sectors where it's crazy that, you know, football, which is happening tons of other places in the country, if it doesn't happen, crushes these towns. It crushes these towns, and it doesn't only crush them financially and economically. It also crushes them, you know, in their, in their what is it, morally too? Because, dude, think about it. What's the rivalry? Please fill me in if you know this. Was it Notre Dame and Iowa that have, haven't missed a game in 85 years or something like that? Was it Notre Dame and USC? Could have been. It's one of – it's Notre Dame and somebody. No, Notre, Dame and USC, Notre Dame and USC have been playing since probably the dawn of time. 1945, I think I may have seen. I may have seen. Haven't missed a game since that rivalry started. And, and it's been, you know, 75-plus, I think 85-plus years. Yep. And it's, it's just nipped in the butt. What is, I mean, what does that do to a university? What does that do to those small towns as well? And Deaver, especially you know else, especially uh, when other yeah, teams ahead. are playing. Football's yeah. happening. Yeah, Football's it's, it's happening. all going on. Dude, it's frustrating as hell, too, because you look at Iowa. Like you said, dude, these small towns that were – dude, Iowa's football stadium is filled to the brim when they play. That's and what I'm talking about. Iowa. Just like that. Just and like that. And it's Iowa, bro. Just like that. Like – it's what else shame. does Iowa have going on other than being a conversation topic in the month of November during the election year, right? Like other than yeah. that, no offense to Iowa. Yeah. And beating Penn state on a yearly basis. 
Love that. I need that. Where is that? We're not going to have it. I need I it. I know. They got to give somebody a scare. Yeah. Where's the scare? Is, a, is it Iowa State's year? Are the Cyclones going to do it? Well, who's going to talk about that? I need to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really a shame. That's truly a shame. So we'll keep you all posted on the college football season, how that's going to shake out here coming up to those teams or your team that's playing coming up soon. Best of luck with your season. We'll be watching every waking moment. Like we said, next Saturday is the start. This Saturday coming up, start of college football. And with that, Bush, let's uh, wrap up episode 43. If you haven't already yet, have you head over to the YouTube? Have you checked out our YouTube uh, the new I video? It out two days ago. Two days Did ago. you see the new video, the Laugh Now podcast later? Yes, absolutely. Of course What'd you I think? Did. What'd you think? Uh, I thought that it was, I thought that it was very well done on such a short notice amount of time. Correct. You guys, you guys figured it out one night and you filmed it the next. Right. And at that, and that is incredible to the fact that how close you spotted it on, how, how well you matched up the, the lyrics to your mouth and how accurate and all the places you guys had to go in literally 24 hours it was or you know 36 hours you guys did it that is the most impressive part about that video to me it was so fun to do it was so fun to produce and the main reason i brought it up was our youtube channel in general if you haven't if you're listening to this on spotify apple Podcasts, or soundcloud head over to our youtube channel as well please because you can check out a visual version of clips from our podcast maybe this entire podcast other fun videos that we ended up producing for you guys our listeners our viewers our followers we love you. We thank you. Again, check out our YouTube page and thanks for giving us a listen here on episode 43. Right now, Lily Court, it's a little court, right? RP Coke, right? RP 24. I can make cool 50k, let's 24 out. Round with the pack through Tennessee Mountains. Feeping at socks and elite three routers. I'm thumped through it, I don't need no counter. Had to recess, take the bit my neck on my channel. I got oil, I got hill, I got wax, I got flour. Burn on pre-